0: Hi everyone welcome to episode three of the diary of a young addict podcast i had told y'all i had something exciting coming for y'all and so um today is going to be the diary of a young addicts podcast we're gonna have a little guest speaker it is one of my very 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 close friends who is in recovery and i just wanted to put a little variety on this show so like his recovery, um, doesn't look exactly the same as mine. Like, not everyone's is going to. And so I just wanted to, um, give y'all a little change. So you can go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: I'm Sterling. I'm the very, very, very good friend. I think I got the right amount of varies in it, yes. as you said. <laughs> um, in recovery, I definitely think my recovery looks different. Especially, my recovery looks different this time than the last time I was sober. Um... So, yeah, I thought it'd be fun to hop hop on.
0: All right. So we're going to introduce you with how long have you been clean from and what are you clean from?
1: So um, I am clean from anything other than alcohol, but I still drink so little I could be uh, classified as clean from. Like I know I, I have my dates, too. So I drank June 11th, my mom's 60th birthday before that March 11th. And before that, I don't know the exact date, but September, sometime in September of 2021. Um, so alcohol is months apart, but, um, sobriety date from everything else. Unfortunately, I do not know the exact date. That's what I was going to ask. But June of
0: 2020. Okay. Um, how did you decide that co- that complete abstinence wasn't for you?
1: I tried that the first time I got sober um, back in 2016, 2015, um, stayed completely off of everything. And I viewed alcohol as something I needed to stay away from, even though I don't like it to begin with. And being that I finally just was around it so much that I had some. And then I think that kind of gave me the attitude, well, well, I'm already doing this and I can do that. I don't know if, th- Looking back, I don't think I reflected too much on how I broke my sobriety, but I think that played a role of me thinking I needed to abstain from alcohol.
0: That's really interesting because, like, for me, I was never a big drinker either. I've gotten drunk maybe half a dozen times. And so, like, um, it's interesting to see someone else's perspective on it.
1: funny enough is i hate it so much but i don't get hangovers either i've probably had like one or two in my lifetime um and so people say that that's something they hate about alcohol but i don't even get that but i still just it makes me feel like crap in the morning literally i don't like the taste it's inflammatory and i already have like bad joints an elbow and a knee i wake up stiff I'm, the I'm same only, way. I I'm just only hate 26. The taste.
0: I just hate the taste. The taste is
1: really bad. Like I'm like
0: the taste is really I mean bad. when I used to drink, I would literally hold my nose. It was so disgusting. <laughs> like I was that person. Okay, so my next question is going to be what was your bottom? And so for those of you who are listening and don't know what a bottom is, a bottom is like when you reached your lowest point and you decided like that something needed to change. And I'll give you all mine. For example, my bottom was that I um I'd gotten caught with drugs in my car on school property and then I'd got expelled. And that's not like the worst part. The worst part is that I got sent to alternative school and two weeks later got arrested for the exact same thing and almost gotten kicked out of the alternative school and sent to jail school, which I had never heard of a kid being so bad they got sent to jail school. And thank God for the principal that was at that alternative school because she was actually my principal in middle school and she saved my ass like she decided like the choice wasn't mine but the choice was either you're gonna go to jail school or we're gonna graduate you early and she was like listen I know you were a good kid I know like you're a good kid deep down and you're just struggling and so she was like we're gonna graduate you early so shout out to her we're I mean I still keep in contact with her she's amazing and I am so grateful for her so Sterling what did your bottom look like
1: So, um, I guess I can kind of talk about Because it's very different As why I got sober this time And why it looks so different as well Um, The first time I got sober um, It was really my parents that forced me To go to rehab And it was probably needed more for mental Because um, I was really only smoking and drinking weed at the time And really starting to dabble in pills uh, And Xanax And uh, but I was going to school out in the middle of nowhere. And so unless you wanted meth, there was nothing out there. So pills were hard to come by. Um, and so I, I was, I didn't go to class. Nothing. I was getting kicked out like the six weeks in or something. And I just got 10 pills for the first time and I got kicked out. My parents got me and they found the pills. And so then they're, You had
0: gotten kicked out because of the pills? No,
1: no, because I wasn't going to class. Oh, okay. And so, um, but my parents found the pills after this and thought, he's been taking them the whole time, whatever. And I, so they forced-
0: Had, Had you had even taken one pill at that point?
1: Yes, I had, but not a lot. Maybe... And I had tried a bunch of drugs, but none of them, none of them really for me. Uh, Because it was all uppers. Everybody's into uppers. I don't get it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, uh, I don't even know how many, but it was just like a a handful of times, probably hands and toes. I could count on how many times I'd taken pills. Um, And so when they found that, they sent me to rehab. I was kind of hesitant about it. Ended up falling in love with it because it really helped my mental so much. Um because of my traumatic brain injury. It really sent me down a weird path. Another day topic. Okay. But um I was gonna ask about <clears throat> Yeah, we can have another topic of how we got into it. Right. Um but um And so that the first time I got sober, it really didn't f I never really felt that I was doing it for me, but everybody always talked about it and I was like, okay. I mean yeah, sort of, because I like where my mental state's at. Um but then Came a a natural disaster in what 2019, um, while I was in school. A natural disaster. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to give too much.
0: Okay, we're going to get into some of this at a later date and get into a little bit more detail. But
1: continue. Um, Yeah, so a tornado came through, and uh, I was in school at the time, and I was it really hit my neighborhood, and so I was without power for three days, and I was I just got so nervous. Oh, uh, I
0: did not know you meant a literal tornado. I thought, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about a real natural disaster. <laughs> okay. A real natural disaster. Are you
0: already putting that name on something, on an event that, I, okay. No, I got you, no, I got no,
1: no. Um, and so I was without power for three days and I needed to do a project and I just started freaking out. I was already so nervous about school because I've had so, so much trouble with it since my head injury and it was so easy for me prior. Um, And so it really put me back in all of my schoolwork. And so then I just started having a breakdown And uh, mental got really bad Quickly fell back into usage And then like a month or two after I just was I was having thoughts that weren't mine And it's not necess- they weren't necessarily like suicidal But it was just like I, I shouldn't be thinking these things and also this shouldn't be this hard for me. I'm in like two, three classes right. with like a tutor helping me yeah. doing a lot of my work. Oh, this yeah. is really, <laughs> this is really fucking easy. Yeah, I, yeah. This shouldn't be this hard for me. And I realized that these thoughts and the difficult times are only because of me using. Um, and so that's when I took myself to rehab that time. Um, just because I'm like, this is, ho- this is horrible. Um, and it messed me up so bad. And so you
0: think the drugs were causing those, like, unwanted, not-your-thoughts? Yeah. Or were they, like, a result of usage? Or, like, directly caused by the drugs? Or what do you think?
1: Um... I'd say a little bit of everything. It was just... Even the... The drugs allow you to not take care of yourself mentally. True. So then, when that's the case, you start having... You become not-yourself, mentally.
0: Let me throw in a fun fact in there. Okay, so um, I haven't mentioned this before on this podcast, but I am working on a minor in substance abuse disorders, and I took a really cool class, and it was called The Diagnosis and Treatment of Substance Use Disorders. So, like, I can kind of diagnose someone and treat them. But one of the interesting things I learned in this class was that um, the risk factors for substance abuse disorders um, include mental illness. And one of them, interestingly enough was ADHD and I am very major ADHD but some of the other risk factors that I thought were really cool (laughs) were like um family dysfunction and like I said mental illness and abuse trauma like a lot of things I just thought it was all interesting because it all kind of like played together and made sense for me
1: I mean it all even abuse and trauma affects your mental
0: right because like I know for me I used to cover up my feelings that's one of the reasons there's two big reasons but that's one of them like one of them was like it was either i was going through some really negative emotions that i didn't want to deal with so i would get high to like cover it up and like i said before on this podcast the feelings were still there when the high subsided so i just continued getting high yep. and then on the other side like when positive things happened it was like oh my gosh let's celebrate with drugs you know so it was like it was pretty much just always using for me anyways
1: I that's how I describe it to people is is one why alcohol isn't that for me is because it is so miserable for me to drink that if I drank while miserable I'd be more miserable
0: right alcohol is a depressant
1: so um but I see how people get into it the same way I'm not a I'm not somebody who thinks that nobody should ever smoke marijuana I think it can be medicinal for some people but for me, it's unhealthy because I use it like how you just said. Exactly, where, me too. Where happy, sad, I use it in an unhealthy way. And then it gets me in the wrong path and down a path. I don't think it's like a gateway drug either. But for me, that's just what it is. And it isn't that for everybody. Right. And like, I, I yeah. think it can be helpful. But for me, it's, it's... Marijuana is for me what alcohol is to an alcoholic. Right. For, it,
0: yeah, yeah. For me, like, it was like... I thought it was helping me in some way, and like, I was getting high all day, every day. There was not, like, as soon as the high started wearing off, I went to go get high again, even in the middle of school, and what was I going to say about that? Oh, so like, the one of the, one of the police officers who arrested me, the one at the alternative school, after I had went to rehab for a month and I had came back to the alternative school, he had pulled me aside and he brought out my old ID. And he was just like, like, do you see this girl here? Like, her hair isn't brushed. She doesn't care about your appearance. Someone could take that as someone roasting them. But, like, he was so sweet about it. And he was like, like, look at you today. Like, look at yourself in the mirror. Like, you, one month of rehab and you already, like, you've been clean for at least one month at this point. And it's just like, even just physically, you look better. And at that point, at the end, at the end of my addiction, it was really only just marijuana anyway. So it was crazy to see the difference that only marijuana had caused in my life
1: well he was definitely being genuine but that's the funny thing because he is being so genuine about it but um i i would marijuana just quickly led to other usage and hanging around the wrong people and pills were so good for me (laughs) because in your opinion well when I say that, it's like something I, I actually needed after my head injury, I, having issues yeah. with my emotions and anxieties. I needed something to help control it. And so when I found pills, I'm like, holy shit. But
0: maybe that's why you like downers, because they would like depress the thoughts and stuff.
1: Exactly. And so, but it was just because one, I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist, right. I was taken way more than any psychiatrist would tell me to. So I was just like, man, this feels so good. I need more and more and more when that's probably not the case. And not only that, I don't even know what I was taking. because I've done that, yes. Because, hey, these are some bars. Okay, I've had Xanax before, somebody's prescription, Alprazolam prescriptions, whatever they may be. Whatever this is, is like 40 times stronger. (laughs) And and so I I know whatever's in this. And it's like hand-pressed... And so it's like whatever's in this is there's some there's other stuff so i always called it great xanax this is really what i my last um usage was it's who really knows what else is in it now that everybody's talking about fentanyl right. and all this other nonsense
0: and i had mentioned to this podcast before actually that the nonprofit i volunteer for we give out fentanyl testing mm. strips so like i have some in my car If I ever come across someone, I also carry naloxone needles with the naloxone, so I can always inject people if I see someone overdosing. Of course, we've been trained on the signs and stuff, but something you said, Sterling, um, brought me to, like I had said, one of the reasons I used. Well, the other reason I used was, like I said, one of them was to cover up my feelings, but the other reason I used, um, through some reflection, through step work and stuff, I found out that like I was using, like. It started like my using started because I never felt like I fit in. And so mm. I you know like I was like friends with everyone. I considered myself what I call a floater. And so like I was friends with everyone, but I didn't have like a specific friend group, right? And so I like when I started getting to middle school, I had seen these druggies. I know middle school crazy, right? But yeah, there were these people that it, it just started with them like smoking weed and stuff and they were they were viewed really cool, popular. And it was like, if all I had to do was like, use this drug to make some friends, fine, good with me. And then it felt good too. And it was like, that's just like where it all, the drug use started, I should say. Not my addiction, but that's where the drug use started for me. Um, My next question for you um, is gonna be, what does your recovery look like and how do you maintain a clean lifestyle?
1: So my recovery looks very different most people because especially this time getting sober I didn't go to many meetings I went to a few initially um, but since like the first couple months well I should say initially after the rehab so I guess I <laughs> should specify I went to the rehab my last rehab got sober that i took myself to was great but then i relapsed around an unhealthy person for about a week or two just on weed and, and quit then this is we quit in june of 2020 and i haven't done anything since so that's probably where i went wrong in not going to meetings and then also being around an unhealthy person right and i knew she was unhealthy like i knew she was using and trying to get sober because i was sober and this is right around the lockdown so we were quarantined together and it was just a mess
0: right and from my experience if you're not getting clean for yourself you're not going to stay clean that's what i've learned for me like when i got clean for my parents like it only lasted so long but this time like i did it for myself started realizing all this freedom and great like, just, I don't know, like, my life just, I just see it in a better perspective, more optimistic, and, like, just doing it for myself and then seeing those changes, it just made me want to continue to do what I do and what has worked for me.
1: And only an addict will understand that. Right. I tell people who don't use, like, hey, yeah, you know, I have this in my life. I have a child, whatever, and they're like, oh, do you have a reason to stay sober? I'm like, I'm not doing it for them. Right. You know I took myself to rehab because I wanted to and Same. I'm staying sober because I wanted I want to um because I don't want to go back to that whatever state of mind whatever person I was um but then also not all addicts are like that some do function of hey I have all of this going I need to stay sober
0: a lot of people I know stay like one of the things I was talking I was going over step work with my sponsor today and one of the things we talked about was like one of the questions in the step working guide for NA was that like was your do you compare your recovery to other people's recovery and if you don't if you didn't compare yourself to their recovery or like just to them in general that you see in meetings would your would your addiction have been bad enough and so like and one of the ans- one of the things i talked about in my answer to that question was that like i know a lot of people got clean for their kids and like that wasn't something i could relate to I knew a lot of people in those meetings um were shooting up with needles like that wasn't something I could relate to either I mean I came in at first when I was 16 and like look when you go into a meeting I mean most of the people are in their 30s and up and so like it was really hard for me to find similarities like when you're focusing on the differences you're going to see the differences and so for me like focusing on the similarities is what just kept me going so far and like now, like, I'm 21, and I have, I mean, my best friend in one of my meetings back where I go to school, I mean, he's, like, in his 70s, but, like, well, like it's crazy what, how much you can relate to someone who's, like, that much older than you, you know what I
1: mean? Right, and at the same time, that's normal feeling. I hope, I don't want people to think, like, you need to connect, and that's why there's so many different anonymous groups um, and different age groups. And even in my first rehab, they put all of the addicts together. I guess there were some people there for like other things. I can't even remember. Um, Did they do like mental it was,
0: health, like a yeah. psych ward kind of thing too?
1: No, uh, no, this is like a group, sorry. Oh, this okay. is for a group. And I can't remember why not everybody was going, If the, what other issues the other had, but they put the um, drug users with um, eating disorders and Mm. i I went to i I approached the the nurses and the head staff there and i was just like hey how do i politely say that i don't think these two groups work together and i don't really feel comfortable sharing i don't want to put down what they're going through because this it is an addiction that is another kind of addiction and mental health issue but at the same time we just there's no right. relatable right. thing there other than connect the addiction of doing something unhealthy that you think may be healthy.
0: Okay, I do want to get back to the question. Just because this is a recovery. So I just oh, yeah. wanted to hear like, um, I don't know if you answered it or not, or if I just didn't catch it, but um, what we said kind of what... Oh recovery yeah, looks like I was to just you, say going back
1: to the recovery looks like. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we did get a little off topic when I mentioned, um, when I... I was on, around an unhealthy person. So now, even though I'm not doing much group work, I do focus very carefully on who I surround myself with, the places I go. Um, so I do pay a lot of attention to to healthy situations and a healthy environment.
0: Yes, I think that's very important. I mean, when, um, so I'd, I've been clean this time around since I was 18, I'm 21 now, so I've a little over three years. And um, when I first got clean, I was 16. And I think one of, one of the biggest reasons that I relapsed was because I was still hanging around all the same people that I used with, and I was expecting different results. <coughs> and um, they say, like what I've heard in meetings is like, if you hang in the barbershop, you're gonna end up getting a haircut. So like, eventually I was at a party with all these people, just like miserable, trying not to use. And eventually was like, fuck it. Let's do it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just want, like, I didn't, I was in that situation again where I felt like I didn't fit in and then it led to a relapse again. So yeah, for me, like, this time around, why I've stayed, stayed clean so far, i probably mentioned it before on this podcast, but it's because I, like, 90% of the people I hang out with are all in recovery and don't use substances or alcohol. Um, and my next question was going to be, what are some of the hardships you faced in recovery?
1: Um, some hardships i faced in recovery, I guess I could go quickly back to, um, the unhealthy person I was, um, COVID hit quarantine with an unhealthy person. Um, Was just not smart, and that's a regret for more reason than one. But but definitely definitely regret it because it broke my sobriety, even though it wasn't very long at that point—what four months? Every day. Every exactly. I was about to say every day counts.
0: There's no such thing as only. Right, blank amount of clean time Like every day is a big deal
1: So But That was also just a Realization of a lot of things And Once I stopped that I was just like What am I doing Again And so that's when I was just like The COVID thing just got me in my mental bed The person itself got me in my mental bed So that's when uh, once again I just Focused on myself and my own mental health and um, focused on me. And since then, a lot of hardships, but...
0: Not all of them can be talked about. <laughs> for, yeah. for secret reasons that have nothing to we'll do have with an- us. We'll
1: have another podcast as well, and I'll discuss more. But um, I, now... I don't face many hardships. It's really weird what I tell people too is that I don't... I just don't think about it. I don't go to groups, but I don't have thoughts about it. I don't...
0: Like the desire is gone. The
1: desire is gone. It's completely gone. Um, which is just so strange for me. Especially from the last time I got sober. And it's strange for sober people who, who, uh, who are in recovery. It's strange for people who aren't addicts um that i just don't understand i don't know why but it just kind of has really faded
0: do you think some of that has to do with being away from all of those substances that you don't how do i say this like do you think
1: being away for an extended time yeah yeah yeah. no i don't because it was really
0: you just think it's like because you've worked you've worked on your mental health and stuff
1: yeah because uh, even it was really quickly after that i didn't i didn't want to and i was still surrounding myself with bad people clearly if i like even after i got a rehab even though i surrounded myself again with unhealthy people i still had no desire right
0: i know for and, me like i have the tools now i was telling my sponsor this like i have the tools now to deal like if that substance or whatever was put in front of me and i was in an uncomfortable situation I have, the t- I have the tools to get my headspace out of, like, oh, I could use this without anyone knowing, like, and my denial for my disease coming in.
1: Interesting. I don't... Probably read up on some I mean, it doesn't hurt to have more in my bag, but... Right. I mean... I just, uh... I don't know. Even with that person after I relapsed, um, and then got sober two weeks later, um, simply because it was just out of convenience. I don't know, but I do know that I think my mental health was bad, which is why loneliness after rehab, mm, Yes. because my best friends who are pretty much sober, um, were in working the oil fields. And so they weren't in town. And so I just surrounded myself with unhealthy people, unhealthy relationships. Um, and throughout time, and then COVID, lockdown. And I, haven't, I haven't processed that, but that's actually my mental health got to a bad place. And I put myself into risky situations. I I like this podcast (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, I often think like to myself I don't really say this out loud but like I feel like the 12 steps like even if someone who wasn't an addict and didn't use substances worked these steps like it helps you develop that relationship with a higher power and like kind of gain some morals and like clean up your side of the street when you make amends and and realize all your character defects and stuff and I just think like Working a 12-step program for anyone can be beneficial, like even if you're not struggling with substance use or you're, an, or you're not an addict or whatever, that's something that I just always thought to myself. And I actually brings me to a thought is that earlier on this time around in recovery, I had met a guy at one of the meetings and we became really good friends and he shared some really good stuff in the meetings. And he had asked for a ride to the train station, and I was like, sure. And, like, we had been friends for, like, some months, and I guess I had never asked him how long clean he had from substances. And when I finally did, he was like, oh, like, I'm not clean at all. I still use drugs. I go to this meeting for my mental health. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I can't really associate with you, but that's good to hear, you know? Like, so I guess some people do go to those meetings just for their mental health. And if you do go to meetings, um, from my experience and from what I've heard from other people— Just a reminder that not everyone is there for the same reasons as you. Not everyone is there to become a better person. You will come across people who are there just looking for a relationship, etc., etc., people who are vulnerable, whatever. But I'll get into some of that on a later episode. But I am going to conclude this episode. Um, So thank you all for listening. I hope you learned another perspective and... Have a great day and be the best version of yourself that you can be.